Big Tech. Yes, Big Tech is the segment where you get a look at all things technology, business, AI and startups here on RN Drive. And unicorn or just farmyard variety horse? Last year, several Australian tech startups were slated to be the next big tech unicorn. Some made it, some didn't. Nick Bonnie-Hady is the tech reporter for the City Morning Herald. He's joining me now. Let's just start with some clarification, Nick. We know what a tech unicorn is, one that holds a lot of promise, should we say. So what's a tech sunicorn? So the concept is that, especially when the markets were really hot and startups were becoming more valuable at a rapid clip, you'd look at a company that was maybe worth $500 million or $700 million, and there would be a sunicorn soon to hit that magical valuation of over a billion dollars. So when it comes to the summer that Australian startups have had, Melbourne-based social startup Linktree has made it to unicorn status, being valued at around $1.7 billion. Uh, What is Linktree? I mean, what's unique about their platform? So Linktree won that valuation last year and they were the kind of creator of a genre of company that's called the LinkedIn bio. If you've ever been on a social media app like Instagram and you've seen that, say, an influencer has a little link that's unique to them and it directs you to a little web page that shows all of their other social media platforms and websites, maybe their TikTok account or YouTube or somewhere where you can buy merchandise. That whole concept that that little simple website was created by Linktree. All that, that idea, that little idea is worth $1.7 billion. That's madness. So, so maybe it's worth $1.7 billion. Their investors certainly hope it is, and they valued it at that amount. But when you ask, is it unique? Well, that's the question, because there's a whole lot of competitors trying to do the same well, thing. It's just a link. It's just a hyperlink, really, isn't it? Right, and a very easy web page. Now, they'd say that they create it so simply. There's ways to monetize your following. You can earn a living off your fans, and that, that makes it a really valuable company. But there are doubts because they're losing quite a lot of money. Yeah, so they secured investment from two big players in the market, Google and uh, global talent agency IMG, even after losing around $50 million last year. So what is the motivation to, or their motivation really, to invest in Linktree? So that was disclosed just in some corporate documents that I came across. And it was a pretty unusual investment because it was done late last year, even after all of these losses had come. And what we think those investments are about are a kind of strategic partnership. Now, neither company has commented, but you can imagine that if you're Google and you want to get into more of a social space or maybe you want to link it up with YouTube, which Google owns, then that could be strategic. And then equally, IMG represents some of the biggest names, sports stars, celebrities, athletes globally, and that if they could tap into some of the value that is behind those celebrities' social media presence, that could be a really smart play. So maybe there's another partnership in the offing there. Ah, so it could become less about a biography of what you've done and links to other parts of your work, but an advertising platform perhaps. Yeah, exactly. Let's say you're a band and you've got an Instagram page that heaps of people follow. Maybe you want those people not just to follow you and love you, but actually support you with some cold hard cash. So you have a link tree in which it directs people to say, uh, pay a subscription to help you out over time or or buy some t-shirts with your band logo on it. That's the kind of commercial play that I could see Linktree going down in, in 
fact, in some ways they already have, but they could bolster that. And the more top line, big name athletes and celebrities that they get onto their platform, the better that will go. And of course, we know Google to invest strategically in a lot of tech startups over the years. Let's talk about some of these startup unicorns that we may, well, they may become household names in coming years. Uh, Sia Medical, what's this about? So this is a biomedical company. So they, uh, they're they one that's trying to get people to have better health, quality of healthcare at home you know, for conditions like epilepsy, for example, or, or, or other forms of monitoring. And obviously, if you're someone who goes into or has a condition, going to hospital can be really draining. So the more of these treatments that can be done at home, the better. What about Zella? What do they do? You may actually have used Zella before. So they're doing, if you're going and buying a, a coffee at a coffee shop, increasingly you will have noticed that the FBOS terminal, you tap your card, they look fancier and fancier over time. And there's a whole bunch of companies in that space, but Zella is one of them. There's, a, well, a rumored unicorn dubbed the Afterpay for Solar. What's this fintech startup all about? That's called Bright. They are a financing company for solar panel investment. So they have some pretty big name backers. Um, Mike Cannon-Brooks, who will be familiar to many listeners as one of the co-chief executives of Atlassian and tangling with Twiggy Forest over uh, Sun Cable, another company. He is one of their backers. Bright has become pretty big, but it's also done a couple of rounds of layoffs. So there are clearly uh, some questions about the sustainability there. My favourite, well, at least in name, uh, in terms of possible unicorns, is Octopus Deploy. (laughs) (laughs) What do they do? This is the kind of thing that I think is fairly unlikely to be a uh, a household name, right? For the average consumer, this isn't going to mean much. But they're a kind of a middle man between software developers and their code they deploy into data centers. Now, again, not a household name, but very useful from a technical perspective. If you've just joined me, tech reporter Nick Bonnie-Haddy is here. We're talking about Australian tech startup unicorns and sunicorns here on RN Drive News. It's just five minutes away. Um, so what are the most interesting sunicorns uh, that you've looked at over the summer? There's there's a whole bunch. Um, one of the ones I find most interesting is this company called Dovetail. Uh, Dovetail, again, is not a household name, but it's a research kind of startup. So if you are trying to understand your audience or you're trying to understand maybe you're a prison and you've got prison leavers and you want to see what their experience was in the inside, you could research their attitudes and experiences using the tools of this company. The, the thing I've found most interesting about them is that their founder is one of the most candid people in the industry. So about a year ago, when they were raising almost at the valuation of a billion dollars, he could have raised at a valuation of more than a billion dollars, but he chose to stay in a Sunicorn category. And at the time, he was telling me that they went for that because they thought that the market was just too hot, that some of these valuations were so inflated that pulling back a little bit and staying as a Sunicorn was a smarter move. I have to ask you about Bitcoin. There's basically two kinds of stories about Bitcoin. It's up or it's down. Uh, Right now, the story is that it's up about 40% this month. Yeah, it is up, but it's up of a really low base. You might remember a few months ago, the exchange FTX collapsed. That was calamitous. There's allegations of fraud. Its founder is facing potential jail time if those allegations are substantiated. He denies them, of course. But that punched a real hole in the valuation of cryptocurrency assets and Bitcoin 
included. It's now getting back to around the level that it was those months ago in November, but it's still way down on the highs of a year or two ago. While you're here, I do want to ask about Google and Microsoft duking it out for supremacy in the area of artificial intelligence and cloud computing. They're both launching chatbot products. It's something we're hearing a lot about lately, ChatGPT, for example. Mm. Uh, Google will soon be launching Lambda, I think it's pronounced L-A-M-D-A. It's a tech frontier that's really going to explode this year, isn't it? It's really fascinating and it's incredibly important to both of these companies. So, Microsoft is an investor in ChatGPT, the tool that many people will have tried that creates stunningly realistic, say, transcripts or passages from a novel or articles. They've put a reported $10 billion extra into that company that they're already an investor in. But Google has a real problem in this space because if they can't keep up, then their search product, the core of their business, something that people use every day is under threat because if you can just put your query into an AI bot and it gives you the answer that you need, then you don't have a need to go to Google and and ask when Princess Diana died or, or ask the, the score of a sporting game. And that means that Google, which has been building its uh, own AI products very quietly, now has a reason to make a bigger deal out of it. Yeah, it's certainly an area of brinkmanship when it comes to being able to detect fakes or you know AI-created script or deep fakes. That area seems to be almost as profitable as creating the AI products in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. If you're, say, a university lecturer, you've got a problem here, right, which is that your students could be turning in papers that they didn't write or even really plagiarize in a classic sense, but just had a bot write. And that is an issue. There's already been uh, tools that will detect plagiarism. Now there are tools that are increasingly trying to detect things like AI written stuff. There's one called uh, Hugging Face, for example, which is a perfectly charming name, I think. (laughs) Yeah, it's fascinating. It's uh, great to have you on the program this afternoon. Nick Bonnie Hades, a tech reporter at the Sydney Morning Herald. Good afternoon to you. Thanks so much. Well, it's coming up to news time here on ABCRN. After five, why are bosses allowing their staff to choose when they spend their Australia Day public holiday? What do you think about this? Is this workplace tokenism or is it something more? Uh, You'll meet one such major Australian employer. uh, And with thousands of Australians marching for Treaty Day today, will this schism sabotage the voice to Parliament? You'll meet the legal academic with two decades of experience in UN law who says the Green Senator Lydia Thorpe needs to engage with legal experts like her to uh, more or less dispel misconceptions about this area of law. News time now on ABCRN. It's five o'clock.